I'm Natalie Van Hav. I'm the head of uh, education at the European Hematology Association. Yeah, my name is uh, Hartmut Döner. I'm uh, a professor of medicine and hematologist, oncologist, uh, located at uh, Ulm University Hospital in Germany. And we're here to discuss uh, precision medicine uh, and AML. Um, Hartmut, I have a few questions for you. Can you uh, describe uh, what precision hematology is, spe specifically in relation to uh, AML? Yeah, I think uh, precision hematology or precision oncology has become a very exciting field uh, in the last uh, in the last years, and 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 this, it, it's, it describes a stepwise transition from the uh, application of you know general treatment modalities, intensive chemotherapy, um, stepwise towards. Uh, uh, treatment modalities that are adapted to the specific characteristics of the leukemic cells. This may be you know, specific mutations, uh, this may be targeting specific um, um, antigens, so there are different ways uh, of, of, um, of uh, applying precision medicine today. Okay. Uh, in fact, can you give us some examples of uh, clinical developments of targeted treatment in AML patients? Uh, I know there are a number of molecules that have been studied and ha are being studied. Which ones do you think are the most promising? Yeah, I mean, we we have uh, witnessed an exciting development um, in the last five years after more than three decades uh, of no new drug approval in, in AML. So basically, uh, uh, nine new drugs have been approved by FDA since 2017. And I think the precision medicine in, uh, in AML is, is probably uh, best illustrated by the successful clinical development of uh, the so-called FLIT3 uh, inhibitors, the um, IDH1 and IDH2 inhibitors, um, and uh, the BCL2 um, inhibitor Venetoclax. So these are probably uh, the, most, um, the most promising precision medicines uh, that have been developed and that which, which are now approved for treatment of AML. Mm -hmm. And oh, speaking of these agents, what kind of clinical results can you expect by using these agents and how can they be improved by combination treatment? Yeah, I think that that's an important aspect. Um, so the, the experience we we have made is, you know, these, these, uh, these agents were a mostly first um, evaluated in relapsed refractory AML as single agent treatments. And when you use these, uh, these novel agents uh, as single agents, they are usually not very effective. Um, so uh, I think it's important to combine these, uh, these novel agents with the treatment modalities we, we know, such as intensive chemotherapy in younger patients, or to combine these agents with uh, the so-called hypermesylating agents such as uh, azacitidine or decidibine uh, in all the patients. And, and uh, I think we, we have learned from uh, these, uh, these clinical studies that we have to combine these novel agents with standard of care to really exploit um, the, the efficacy of, of these new agents. Okay. Um, I have a specific question about uh, agents that target epigenetic processes. Uh, we're talking about precision hematology, but from what I understand from uh, the paper and other papers I've read, 
is that we don't fully understand how these agents work. Does that make sense with the concept of precision hematology? Yeah, that's 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 a that's a good question. Um, I mean, as as you say, we, we we still don't know exactly the precise mechanisms of actions of the hypermethylating agents. Acetylcysteine has been successfully developed, decytidine, and there are now second generation uh, HMAs like uh, guaticytidine that unfortunately failed in the pivotal study, but there is another uh, development, uh, the oral formulations of, of the HMAs. Uh, this is uh, CC486 that has been successfully developed in, in the setting of maintenance therapy. And another, the oral formulation of being the Aztec uh, 727 compound. And as you say, I mean, it's, it's in the strict uh, definition, uh, it, it may not be precision medicine because uh, we don't know the exact mechanisms of action and it, 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 it addresses general mechanisms of epigenetic deregulation without necessarily you know, being based on specific mutations. Mm -hmm. But it has been shown to be highly effective, especially in, uh, in the treatment of older patients and it's now our standard of care, the backbone of, of all new treatments uh, that we that we have in older patients. Mm -hmm. um, what proportion of patients would you say are actually treated with uh, targeted agents? Are we talking about you know a very small number of patients, or is it a you know a, a reasonable number? How how common is it? Oh, it's uh, it's an increasing number. I think it has become a very reasonable number, especially, of course, in older patients. I mean, the, the new standard of care since, uh, since now two years uh, for the treatment of more unfit older patients is the combination of an HMA plus the BCL2 venetoclax. And venetoclax, I mean, we discussed it, is uh, one of the successful developments of, of precision medicine. So that is the new standard of care in older patients. And AML, we need to recall every time it's it's a disease of all the patients with a median age nowadays of, of about uh, seven, 70 uh, at time of diagnosis. So a large proportion of patients is being treated with this combination. With regard to younger patients, we, we, we still have um, only uh, one approved of precision medicine treatment. That is the combination of intensive chemotherapy with the FLT3 inhibitor mitostorin. But FLT3 mutations are very common in younger patients, so it's uh, an incidence of, uh, of around 25 to 30%. So this proportion of patients is already benefiting from the application of precision medicine. Okay. Um, what would you... Um what would you say are the main challenges in the implementation of precision medicine in AML in clinical practice? You know, there's what happens in research, but in clinical practice specifically, what are the issues? Well, one, one uh, major issue is especially, of course, for, for countries that are less well-resourced um, are the costs. I mean, all these new agents are very expensive. Um, and not all, you know, health systems uh, can afford uh, offering, you know, these new drugs to to their patients. That that's certainly one big challenge. If you if you think, you know, globally, a second challenge is certainly 
uh, molecular diagnostics. You know, you need to to have these uh, data available within a short time window at the time of diagnosis. So, for example, if we talk about the application of of the FRIT3 inhibitors, so we we need the result usually within you know 48 to 70 72 hours, and that's that that's a challenge in routine. Uh, clinical practice, and that is not available to to all to 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 all hospitals in in, in all countries. Mm. So I think the, these are two main challenges uh, I see, and and, and of course uh, um, the development of new um, precision medicines is is also a challenge uh, to conduct. Um, registration trials is becoming more and more difficult because we are talking about small molecular subsets of disease and to conduct randomized trials in small molecular subsets is a big challenge mm-hmm. because you need a large number of patients and not a single study group can can conduct these uh, these trials anymore uh, but you need uh, we need international collaboration to to be able to conduct these these clinical trials. Mm-hmm. And the last question: um, Would you be able to uh, tell us briefly about uh, how precision medicine and uh, ELN recommendations in treatment of uh, AML uh, go together? Uh, how how is that represented in uh, uh, the ELN recommendations? Well, I mean. You know that that was one main uh, reason uh, why we updated now the the ELN recommendations. The last update um, was in 2017, and as I mentioned, since 2017, um, nine new drugs have been approved, and we have seen an enormous development in the understanding of the molecular pathogenesis of the disease. You know, with all the new sequencing technologies and and that, of, and that, of course, impacted um, both um, also the classification of the disease, but also the clinical management. And, and um, therefore, um, we needed to update uh, the, the ELN recommendation. And the ELN recommendation basically now reflect all these advances that we have seen um, in, um, in the development of the, of the disease. And, well, thank you very much, Hartmut. I think that was uh, really great information and I'm sure our listeners will uh, appreciate. My pleasure. Thank you.